Welcome, and thank you for downloading Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Here at Movement, we are passionate about God's Word and helping each other move closer to God. Thank you for choosing to grow with us today. And now, here's our lead minister, Bobby Wallace. So we've been going through this series called The Gift all this month and, you know, thinking about Christmas and thinking about ultimately the gift that Jesus is. And so I've been talking, you know, about some memories I've had, you know, kind of calling you back to when you were a kid, waiting, that kind of thing. Uh, I want to tell you about a Christmas that I experienced as an adult that was really a, a different one for me. Um, Sherry and I had been married for uh, a few years and, you know, when you're thinking about your life plan, you've always got your own time frame, right? You think you know exactly how everything needs to happen, how it's going to happen, and it doesn't always happen that way. Now, looking back in the grand scheme of things, it really hadn't been that long, but we had wanted to have kids and at that point could not have kids. And uh, all of a sudden, at this particular year, this would have been the Christmas of 02, um, we found out right before Christmas that we were expecting Luke, our first son. And so, yeah, and so that was uh, really a, a neat thing. And so, like, I, it was like we had, had wanted to have kids so, uh, for, and the crazy thing is this, you know, we were young, and I know many people have suffered a lot longer and waited a lot longer, and, and I know that. But for us, it was, it was scary. For us, it was like, you know, when will it happen? And then God, in his sense of humor, had us having kids into our uh, just turning 40. So be careful. <laughs> be careful. But, you know, his timing is totally different. But when we found out, we, we took like multiple tests just to be sure. We were like, is, is this really it? Is this really it? And so we had this idea since it was literally just a few days before Christmas, we were going to surprise each of our parents with uh, a the, the note saying that they were going to be grandparents. And it was just a really cool thing. We videoed, and back then, you know, video wasn't that, it was, you know, it was probably like one of those big, like, bazooka launcher uh, cameras, you know, it wasn't quite that big. It was like one of those little DV8 things. But we were videoing them, and like, uh, my father-in-law is here, my mother-in-law are here, and when we told them, like, he didn't get it at first, and he was like, really, really? And he was like sobbing like a big baby, like a big baby. Yep. <laughs> and it was just a, such a cool moment, but it was just, you know, the, our timing and our thoughts about how things should happen is just, we don't know, you know? We don't know. And I look back now, and what seemed like forever to me was just really just a blink, and God's just been so good. We've got five kids now, and now I've got a son-in-law, and I've got a grandchild on the way. And I know, I know you're all thinking, how can you be 12 years old and have a grandchild? It's just, I know, you know, I know it's crazy. But I mean, life is just, it just happens. And, but God is so good, right? Even through the hard times, even through the good times, God is good. And today we're looking at another part of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Today we're going to focus on that Everlasting Father. 
And when you think about it, it's sort of weird. It's sort of different. You know, Jesus, the son, is referred to as everlasting father. And I think what it's trying to get us to understand is that Jesus is the fullness of God. We're told that directly in Colossians, particularly in one particular passage, where it says later on in the New Testament that he is the fullness of God. And that the cool thing is, and this is just, this is free, I won't charge you for this, is that he is going to give us fullness in Christ. So we can have the fullness of God in us when we are in Christ. That's just mind-blowing, mind-boggling to me. But Jesus is the fullness of God forever. All right, did you hear that? Forever. He's the fullness of God forever. You know, Sometimes we think we all understand how things work. And we think, oh man, uh, you know, if you're into sports, you think, well, this particular dynasty, you know, the New England Patriots, uh, New England Patriots were this dynasty in NFL football for years. And everybody thought it's going to go on forever and ever and ever. And then the dynasty left, right? Tom Brady left and then they, they didn't win. And then Tom Brady took it. And so, oh, Tom Brady's going to play forever. And here he is, 62, still playing quarterback. You know, and he's, you know, there he is, he's playing, but it's not going to last forever, right? You know, for those of you, for basketball fans, and I know for those of you who aren't sports fans, you're like, I don't really even know what you're talking about, but just bear with me. You know, so like Michael Jordan, you know, he's going to last forever. He retired twice, and then you thought, oh, you know, he's going to last forever, but he doesn't last forever. LeBron, people who like him, don't understand why. I'm just kidding. He's good. Um, but... LeBron is not going to play forever, even though it seems like it, right? You know, it, everything doesn't last forever. There's so many things in this life. That car that you just saved up and saved up and saved up for is not going to last forever. It's probably going to break down when the warranty goes out. You know, that, that's probably when it's going to end up, you know, and all these things we think are going to last forever, but they do not last forever. But God, through his power and his might, lasts forever. And Jesus is the fullness of God forever. He didn't become the father. Jesus didn't, but he's fatherly. He's fatherly. He has the characteristics of a perfect father. He is paternal. He, he puts us first. He loves us even when we don't deserve it. Now, some people have difficulty when you hear about God being father because maybe your father wasn't the greatest. Maybe your father wasn't the greatest. And some people have a difficult time relating to God the Father or hearing that Jesus is referred to as the everlasting father because your dad maybe wasn't a great dad or maybe he wasn't even around. But let me ask you this for a second. Because you might be horrible at basketball, does that mean that Michael Jordan never existed? Right? Everybody get what I'm saying there? Just because somebody, okay, you're really good at basketball. I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings if that's why you're not responding. You are very good at basketball. Very good. But somebody, just because somebody is terrible at basketball, does that mean that Michael Jordan never existed? No. What I'm saying is just because there are people that don't do something well doesn't mean that there aren't people who do something well. And there, just because, you know, there's people who don't do something well doesn't mean that there's not a God who is the perfect father. And so I want you to hear that. If you have a hard time with it, I want you to remind yourself, step out of your pain, step out of your emotion for just a second. I'm not degrading, I'm not downplaying, I'm not saying it's not real, I'm not saying your dad wasn't a piece of junk. But I want you to step out for a second, I want you to realize that God is the perfect Father, and Jesus is the everlasting Father, and that is a good thing. And so when it comes to being a father, he is the perfect one. 
And the presence of bad fathers don't nullify the possibility of good fathers and, in God's case, a perfect father. But when it comes to the idea of everlasting, here's what I want you to understand. Stephen already referred to it. He's outside of time. He precedes time. He, he will outlast time. Time is just a construct in his mind. And he is above it and around it. And just, you know, you can't, it's not like it's a lot of years. Eternity's not a lot of years. It's just always been. And that's just, we don't understand that. It's hard for us to understand it, but he exists outside of time. He has always been, he always will be, and that is very difficult for us to understand. But if you want to think about it so our finite minds can understand a little bit, he is the past, he's the present, he's the future, he's everything. But when time is no more, he will still be. And if you are in him, then you will still be with him for all eternity. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. This passage is not on the screen for you, I don't believe. But it says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He always has been. Do you hear that? He does not get tired. Have you ever been tired? Are you tired right now? Yeah. I, I am so tired getting ready for Christmas. It's just been really chaotic. It's just been a chaotic, but a good time, but just chaotic. But Jesus and his Father, the Holy Spirit, they do not get tired. They do not get tired. He is the everlasting God. He does not faint or grow weary. He does not weaken over time. A lot of us have been in relationships, whether it be friendships or whatever, that somebody promised to always be there for you, and now they're not. It's just reality, right? And that hurts. But I want you to hear this. God is not like that. He's not like that. He does not decide one day that he just doesn't care anymore. He doesn't decide that he doesn't want to be for you or with you anymore. He loves you more than you can even fathom. If you have kids or you have kids that you love in your life, you might be thinking, oh man, I love them so, 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 so much. But your love for those kids or your family or your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever, your love for them is like a drop in the bucket compared to God's love for me and for you. And I don't understand that. And I still try to view God's love and his timeliness through my mindset, but it, it just fails, guys. He is everlasting. He is faithful forever. Forever. He's forever faithful. And since God relates to you on the basis of the eternal and not the temporary, how do you relate to him? Do you relate to God more on the temporary or do you relate to God more on the eternal? And let me ask you this way. What are you doing with your life that will last for eternity? What are you investing in with your life that will last for eternity? Here's a few questions I want us to run through our mind real quick this morning. How are you investing your time in eternity? 
And you may think, well, that's silly because, you know, time you've already said doesn't exist. You know, time, eternity is this thing that's outside of time. But how are you investing your time preparing for eternity? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 says this. Read along with me. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. And if that's not the truth. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Make the most use of your time. Verse 19, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for the, and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. He says, make the most of your time because the days are evil and we need to be preparing and we need to be prepared for eternity. So are you just, just flittering away your time and just throwing it away, wasting it? Are you focusing on things that matter? And time, mainly I want to bring your mind to people. Are you investing in people's lives in a way that matters for eternity? Are your relationships encouraging one another? He says to, you know, it almost sounds like he's saying walk around singing songs to each other. And some of y'all, we just kindly ask that you just write it down on a piece of paper and show us. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know how you sing. I'm just messing. But what we do need to do is have a life of praise. Are you giving glory to God in everything? Now, for some of us, that seems cheesy, but you do it in your way. You do it in your way. You don't have to be like the people with the big hair on TV that are asking for all your money. That's not the way you got to do it. If you want to do it, rock, rock the big hair. That's cool. You know, that, do whatever you want. But go around praising God, finding ways to give glory to God in every little thing. Encourage one another. What else does he say in there? He says, you know, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Are you submitting to other people so that Jesus gets the glory in your life? Are you investing in eternity? So use your time to build relationships that last for eternity. And more specifically, are you investing your time with the church? Because this family, this body, this, this organism is something that lasts for eternity. And it's our goal to try to bring as many people into this family, into this body, the church. Are you investing your time with the church? I never heard anybody on their deathbed saying, you know, I wish I'd worked more and spent less time with my family and friends. Quite often they say just the opposite, don't they? They get to the end of their life. Even if they had great money and wealth and success, and they said, I wish I'd spent more time with people that mattered and done what mattered. So how are you investing your talents in eternity? First Peter chapter 4, verse 9 says, Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Uh-oh. As each has received... Uh, I'm going to pause right there for a quick second. How many of you, when the doorbell rings at your house, you're like, What in the world?! Like you're, you're diving up behind the couch. Turn the lights off. You know, I mean, chances are in our day and time, it's probably not somebody, a friend coming to visit. You know, it's probably somebody trying to sell you something maybe. But is that your first response? We've got to learn to practice some hospitality. Have people in our homes. C carrying on in the scripture. Verse 16, um, or excuse me, not verse 16, uh, verse 10. 
As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God. So if you have the ability to talk, talk and talk God's word. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, serve with all of your heart in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I want you to think about this in a couple ways. Do you view your job as a way to glorify God and make an impact for eternity? You should. You should. No matter what your job is, you need to find ways. Even if it's just the relationships that you build at work, can I use those to glorify God? The answer is yes. Do you use your talents, your abilities, and how you work to glorify God? Do you use your talents to serve others in the church and the community? You know, you may be thinking, well, I don't know what my talent is that I could really serve other people, but you just got to keep looking. You got to keep doing. I, I've, one of the things that's most impactful to me, I saw years and years ago, and I've seen it many times over. A lot of people have done it, but a preacher uh, out of Kentucky, he would just go down in busy parts of his city and hold up a sign that says free hugs. And now that might sound creepy to some of y'all and you know, COVID now, blah, 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 but whatever. He would hold up the sign that said free hugs and you would just see people. There would be somebody just videoing, videoing from the distance and you would see people just start to melt sometimes. Hadn't had a hug in years. There was one woman I remember that she lived on the street and she had a occupation that you know, was a little bit different and she comes up and she couldn't read his sign. So he told her what it said, and she was like, can I have a hug? And he's like, absolutely. And you just saw tears fall from her eyes. Because nobody, when they held her, it wasn't because they loved her. So I'm telling you to say this, if you can wrap your arms around somebody, that's a talent you can use to glorify God, and you can tell them why you're doing it. He did too. He said, because Jesus loves you. That's why I'm out here giving out hugs. So you've got a talent. You've got an ability. Do you use it to serve others in the church and in the community? And then a third one is this. How are you investing your treasure in eternity? How are you investing your time, your talent, and your treasure? How are you investing your money? That's really, that's our treasure. How are you investing your money? Does it go to things that will rot and rust or fade away? Or does it go into lives that will last? Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says this in verse 19. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Are you investing the bulk of your people can know the gospel? Are you giving so that people's needs can be met so you can point them to Jesus? Are you storing your treasure where you want your heart to be in heaven for all eternity? Proverbs 19 verse 17 says this, whoever is generous, listen to this, this, this is crazy. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. It says when you give to people who are in need, you're lending to God, and he's going to repay you. That person might not ever be able to repay you, but God will. Giving to people in need is giving to God. What does that look like? You know, what does our giving look like? Just however and whenever we want. I, I think the New Testament shows a pattern of regular faithful giving through the church. And Paul challenged the churches to give to help meet needs. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1 and 2 says this. 
Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the church of Galatia, so also you are to do. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper so there will be no collecting when I come. He said, give regularly. Paul challenged the churches to give to carry the gospel forward. Philippians chapter 4, verse 14, starting there, says, Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me. In my difficulty, you yourselves also know, Philippians, that at first preaching of the gospel, after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you alone. The church of Philippi was the only one. For even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. Not that I seek the gift itself. Now, this is important. Everybody listen. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek the profit which increases to your account. He's saying the giving that you're doing is not just, just because he needs it. Now he's saying he needs it. But he's saying, I want you to give because of what it does to your spiritual account. Not that you're earning salvation, but it changes your heart as you give and trust God. He goes on in verse 18. But I have received everything in full and have an abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. He says, when you give to God, it's a fragrant aroma, a pleasing sacrifice to God. But I want us to understand that powerful truth that you spiritually gain as much from giving as the recipient of your gift does physically. Maybe more. Because it says in Scripture, Paul and Jesus said, you know, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So take an honest look at your life. Are you investing your time, your talents, and your treasures in things that last? Or are you doing it in things that are fleeting? I saw this illustration years ago, first from Francis Chan. And I want you guys to think about this for just a few moments. I want you to imagine that this rope that's all in knots is your life. <laughs> it's pretty fitting, right? Pretty fitting. I want you to imagine, okay, if you've got this rope, spread it out over here. Pretty long here. See this last part? Can you see that? Last little bit. This is your life on earth. And I want you to imagine that the rest of this rope, and imagine if you would that this rope goes on not just to the end over there, but it's eternity. It just goes on and on and on and on. It really doesn't have an end. And unfortunately, I can't afford a rope that's that long. But I want you to think about for just a second, I want you to think about this small section. This small section is your life on earth that for you might seem like eternity. It might seem like, you know, 70, 80, 90 years. But this small section is your life on earth. And the rest of this, the rest of all of this, and it goes on and on and on and on, is eternity. But most of us spend our entire lives preparing and investing in this, in this the newest clothes, the newest cars, the nicest house, boats and toys and, you know, just stuff that goes in our mouths and, you know, and it goes all, the, all we invest so much in this and we hardly ever think about investing in eternity. How backwards is that? How backwards is it that I, I do it too. 
One of the biggest sections of my budget is, is food, you know? You know, but we invest so much in the here and now and we forget to invest in all of this that goes on and on forever. So what are we doing? What are we doing? It's time to flip that on its head and start investing in what is going to go after this. After this part. And it's not just your little section. It's what you invest in the little sections of all the people around you. So spend your life, your time, and your talents investing in this massive part, not the few fleeting moments. Psalm 103 verse 15 says this, As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it and it is gone. Just blows away like dust. And its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. And so when we focus our lives and invest in things that are eternal and we focus on the everlasting God, the eternal father, then we will do something that will last far beyond this little section. So I'm asking you, if you want to experience real life, real life to stop investing so much time and energy and impact somebody's eternity so that when you get to heaven when we get to heaven that there will be people that will be running up to you saying I am I am here because of you and I know I look like a fool but I don't care because I'm sick and tired I'm sick and tired of just living for this. I don't want to be the only person standing off by themselves when I get to heaven because I didn't help get anybody else there. And I don't want you to experience that either. But man, I want, I want to have a bunch of people that I say came along with me and I want to be able to point to the people that I came along with too. And here, let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. We're going to get as many people to go as we can. And we're going to have, when we get into the gates of heaven, we're going to go over to the right. We're just going to say, hey, movement people, we're going to meet over to the right. When you get to heaven, we want you to stand over there. And when everybody comes on in, we're going to celebrate. We're going to party. We're going to do the gritty. We're going to do all that. We're going to just celebrate because I want you to be there and I want to be there and I want people that I don't even know to be there because I don't deserve to be there, but neither do they, but we get to be there because of Jesus. So what are you investing in? You investing in this or the rest of this? What needs to change? Are you ready to meet Jesus? Are you ready to meet your eternal father? If you need to give your life to Jesus, let's do it today. We'd love to baptize you into Christ because you believe in him. You're turning away from your sin. You're confessing him as Lord. You can be washed clean and be new and whole. We can do that today.
maybe you need to come back home. You've already done those things and you need to come back home. Or maybe you just need to renew your commitment to stop investing in this and start investing in all this. Thank you for listening to Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Want to learn more about us? You can do that by visiting our website at movementchristianchurch.com or on our app available on iOS and Android devices under Movement NC.